Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Today's character is actually two characters, two travelers from the Bad Moon Rising edition. The first is the judge, whose ability reads, Once per game, if another player nominated, you may choose to force the current execution to pass or fail. Welcome back. In this segment of the show, we're going to be talking about the judge, and joining me is Kendra. Hey, Kendra. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing well. How, uh, how are you? I am good. I'm excited to be here to talk about the judge. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kendra has been on this show quite a few times in the past, so uh, feel free to go back and listen to those other episodes. Kendra, do you remember what episodes you've been on recently? <laughs> uh, I was the monk, the sweetheart, the twins, and I had a traveler. I don't remember which one. <laughs> at some point. Oh, and I was on the Sex and Violence intro one as well. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So you've been you've been in quite a few, although not super recently, since uh, none of those were bad when rising. Yeah, no. Uh, BMR is... I enjoy BMR. It's not like Sex and Violence is my favorite script, and I love TV. So it's kind of like my lowest of the three. So I wanted to let people who were very passionate about BMR be in more of them. So I kind of stood back and looked for like more of what I really like. And I love the judge as a character, so... I was excited to be able to yeah. come do this one. So, <laughs> so with the with the judge, uh, we're gonna, I think we're going to go through this in kind of the usual uh, sections for travelers here, which is playing it as a good on the good team, playing it on the evil team, and then we can talk about some storytelling stuff. So for playing as a good judge, um, I think that there's an interesting thing to realize with the judge. This would be kind of my overall thesis for it, which is that you're not un- unlike most other travelers, you're not really adding anything that like inherently helps your team. So you're not adding an extra execution, like something like the Butcher, or like adding an extra death, like something like the Gunslinger. You're not adding any extra voting power to other players. All you're really doing is just like you're changing where the execution goes. So it's not a strict gain of resources. So like if the whole town is playing well, and you cause an execution, but you're good, in theory, you don't really have any more reason for that to be useful than the player of the town was just going to execute anyway, right? Yep. And similarly for, like, when you save somebody, in theory, the rest of the town has access to as much information as you do or more, and they could have chosen just not to execute that player. So it's like, the only the only ways to really get value out of your ability as a good judge is to... It's basically if you think that you have a better read on the game situation than everyone else, or you're in a situation where there's so many evil players alive that you can't uh, successfully make a nomination go through without ghost votes, or if there's like an evil majority alive or something, uh, with maybe just a couple of confused alive good players that you can uh, use your pardon for to stop someone from being executed. But I, I, I don't. That maybe wasn't the most concise way of saying it, but I feel like it's in a little bit of a weird place where you're a good player. All you have access to is the information the rest of your team has, and you're making a decision about executions that, in theory, everyone else could also be able to make the same uh, decisions, and just your ability wouldn't actually do anything. (laughs) Yeah, and I think the big thing to remember, and I think it goes back to your statement, is the judge ability is really well used when you're using it for, like, that except, like, not like, oh, that that vote's going to go through already. Oh, I should just go ahead and ex- like use my judge ability. Like that might give you good favor and keep you in the game, so you have your vote longer and you're not exiled and dead voting. But I think the the power in the judge is using it to your advantage when you have like when things like 
the town realizes they made a mistake or you realize good might have helped push something through that you don't want pushed through. Like, oh, we just had 15 people nominated or voted on a out of 15 people. Do we really want to do this person? And that, that might be early game and still yes. But if it's later in the game, do we really want to do this person or do we want to pardon them so we can have another shot at getting the right person? And that's the big thing you want to, you know, try to work with your town to like use that when it's optimal for the group as a whole. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely true. One of the main use cases, I think, is that pardoning a player when you realize that like evil players must have voted. So you must be doing something that the evil team wants. So that's certainly one way to use it that you can actually benefit the good team is when you have that extra information from the vote that otherwise you wouldn't have. Because yeah, if you're if you're just like pardoning someone who got like eight votes, that doesn't necessarily mean you have more information than when you started, uh, when the nomination first started. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes it's just, you know, I, I think we've all been in that game where like town's like, oh no, we shouldn't have put this person on. Like, I don't feel so good about this nomination now. Do we have anybody else? Can we really beat it? That's a really good time to use it. Like, um, if you're on the good team, especially. Um, evil, maybe not. Um, <laughs> But if you're on good and you're really looking at that going, oh, the town feels uneasy about this. This is a good chance for me to use my pardon and really be part of the group with that. It's a good way to help with it. Again, also, um, I think you had an example where your gut helped with that too. Because sometimes pardoning can, you know, with when you have a small part of town that thinks a vote is bad and you agree with them and that and you trust that they're good players, that's also a good time to use it. Just make sure that you're not doing it as a silo, like, a couple people, you know, a third of the town maybe might be on your side uh, when you do stuff is a good way to look at it and be like, oh, maybe the majority of town has this person, but you really believe their information's powerful and there's a small enough contingent that it's not just you and possibly an evil person saying save this person. It's also a good time to maybe like kind of go, hey guys, this is why I'm doing it and I think we might be making a mistake here and helping because I think you had a good example of that where you saved the exorcist one time doing this yeah it was i've only played as the judge once i think that i can remember at least uh i've seen it in play more times than that because i story tell with it a lot um but uh the one time i did play as the judge i was a good judge and i used my ability to pardon a player uh and it was based on just observing the vote mostly so i wasn't really sure if i could trust them or not but based on the vote i, I knew that there was a couple players who i was pretty sure were evil who had voted for it so I was just like, okay, uh, this is most likely a good time to use my ability to save this player. Um, and they had said that they were the exorcist, so I thought that was a worthwhile ability to keep around for at least one more night as well. Possibly longer, since it seemed like uh, maybe the evil team would keep them alive since they thought they were a suspicious player. I think in general, it's nice to be able to, like, if you think you're a player who's better at kind of, like, solving the situation of the game than most other players, that's when you can actually gain some advantage from doing things like this. And so, like, I, I'm generally pretty confident that, like, oh, when I've, when I've read the situation and it, this person reads, like, a good player to me, I'm pretty sure I can save them uh, and it'll be helpful to my team. I, I think that, in general, using your ability to pardon someone like that as well is just more fun uh, because even if you get it wrong, uh, it's you're still, like, encouraging fun in the game by having that player live for longer. I, I think that's... I'm not necessarily sure that's like the strongest thing to do strategically is pardoning good players, that, or at least players you think are good. Um, but I do think that it's often more fun and a little bit lower impact. I think I think also pardoning players comes into use when you have like, or executing players when you, like later. If you can be a judge that can hold your power and keep 
people believing that they shouldn't get rid of you because you're too powerful. This requires people to trust you and for you to be known to be a good team player. That later in the game, if the if you're now looking at a town where you think you have more evil and you're going to have to waste ghost votes to get someone out, you can easily do the same type of conversation, right? Oh, we're down to, like, we have three executions left. I think we have a good player on the, on the docket. I'm going to go ahead and pardon them so we might have a chance of getting the evil. Or let's figure out who we want to nominate as evil and I'll just force it through. Can also be a good way that's kind of doing that same thing where you're like, okay, at this point we're making the wrong decision or let's see what I can do to make it um, a little bit stronger for town. So that would be another way that you could really use it to help with the situation, especially when you have ghost votes. You're like, you never want to waste those ghost votes. I've seen games lost because too many ghost votes were used and then that, that and then another nomination came up and they had to use more to overturn it because they realized they made yeah. the wrong call. It's a good use of the judge at that point to really minimize the impact of the game for good. Since good has so many ghost votes they want to hold on to because if all your good ghost votes are gone and evil has them, the final day becomes a lot harder to win. Yeah, definitely. I think that also it's not necessarily like if it obviously is going to depend on who's playing the judge. But for me personally, uh, I also just don't mind being a good player with no power. So sometimes I would just force an execution through that's going to happen anyway, or like pardon someone who's not going to be executed anyway, I think just because then I am a good player with some votes left and I'm less likely to be exiled and still uh, because, you know, players know I've used my ability, so I'm not a huge threat anymore. So I'm just more likely to be alive towards the end of the game and have my nomination and vote. So I feel like that's also kind of an acceptable way to play the judge if you don't mind that. It's definitely less fun for a lot of players, but... And then actually, I think I think I wrote down it could be less fun, but also with that statement, that can also be very powerful because having that fourth person that doesn't count towards the count on the final three day can give you that one extra person to make sure you have... Like, especially if you wake up with three good, three players, two evil, one good, and you now have a good traveler, that gives you one more shot if you, you know, think you made the wrong call. It makes it so that the evil team can't just, like, convince one player to make the wrong nomination and then completely be okay. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it is very nice to have that on the last day. So that, 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 that is a good, solid, it's a good strategy. Long as you enjoy that play and you're okay with using your ability and having it be more so that you can play the game and just be part of it. It's great. And which, as in general, like, I don't mind playing no info roles for that reason. I like, you know, helping solve the game, but I don't need to be an active info getter to feel like I'm part of the game. Those type of personalities will be enjoy that type of style. Yeah, I think that for me, it's like I usually consider that like all of the information in the game that everyone's saying uh, is I'm always trying to use all of it. So it's whether or not I have my own information isn't particularly useful or isn't a particularly big distinction for me in terms of how much fun I have playing. I think that was most of what we stated on good. I guess there are a couple, I had a, like a couple other little points. Okay. Um, one one is that you can sometimes force through an execution um, in a way that deprives the town, or the town, and by that I mean including the evil team, of information. Um, so if you've talked to a tea lady, for instance, if you can get one of their neighbors nominated and then you just say that they're executed with no further discussion... Um, that doesn't give away whether they're being nominated because they're a tea lady neighbor or because they're a sailor or something. It kind of just ends the day and you get to see the effect of it 
without having to convince others and in the process of convincing others possibly give give away information that could help the evil team decide who they should be killing and in bmr that's powerful because if the demon doesn't know it's a tea lady that it they just you're just trying to figure out what if this person's going to stay alive whether it's a fat pacifist a fool uh less likely pacifist fool tea lady sailor could all be why and that it does not give the evil team the information to know who to kill for that reason yeah so i think that's that's a kind of a, a nice way to use it if you're not sure early in the game. Um, just look for someone who wants to be executed anyway, and then you can just make it happen. <laughs> and the nice part about that as well is it also goes back to your point is you've used it early. You're now no longer going to use it later. People are likely to keep you around to let you be alive towards the end of the game. Yeah. Let's talk about playing as the evil judge now. I feel like this is a lot more straightforward. Uh, you can... There's more when manipulating nominations and votes uh, is a lot more straightforward as an evil player. Just save the demon or other evil players and kill good players, and you'll generally be good. <laughs> yes, I mean that's that is the genesis of it. It's it's kind of like having an evil gunslinger. They're gonna there's a lot more. Oh, I can kill anybody now because it makes more sense for me. Like I have that ability. Um, I think being strategic with who you execute or pardon can also help good, your evil team a lot though. Like I commented on um, like, oh, saving the demon's great. Saving a minion's great, but so is saving that person that everyone thinks is evil, but no one, but isn't. And being like, oh, I'm gonna save that good player. Cause now that focus is still on that good player for another day that that now, you know, now could backfire and you could end up having your demon executed because you just pardoned them. But, it can also keep the attention on that person for a little bit longer. Yeah, it's like if you can save a suspicious good player, um, it can make it so that you almost get an extra kill at night because uh, it depends on kind of who else has been nominated that day. But basically, if there's no good execution targets left or like if the demon already got nominated and didn't get enough votes, then they can't be nominated again. So there's no danger in the, the nomination going back to them. So yeah, if the town has to spend an extra day uh, executing that good player, that's like an extra kill at night almost for you. The I think probably the optimal thing, if you can manage it, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say optimal, that's probably overstating it, <laughs> but a very strong thing to do I think is just forcing through an execution on a non-suspicious good player, so basically someone that everyone trusts. This can be hard to pull off because you have to get someone to nominate them, which can make the nominator look very suspicious, um, but if you ever see a situation where someone's just like, ah, oh, I... I think we should nominate someone like I'm nominating just because we're about to run out of time in the day and I want to like, you know, just get a nomination on the table so that the day doesn't end or just because I have no ideas. Uh, and if anyone else has a better suggestion, I'm open. If that happens, whether that's an evil player setting you up or a good player who's actually just doing this without really thinking about you as the evil judge, uh, if you can just force through that execution on a non-suspicious good player, you're wasting a day of executions and taking out um, someone that the demon would probably like to be dead by the end of the game. Always, always a good thing. And sometimes earlier game, you have more leeway to get someone to do that too. If you're willing to risk being exiled as the evil judge, which it, it can be a very strategic thing to do that. If you can get someone to be like, have a little sus on someone that's a more powerful role in BMR and get that person force killed, it's great for the evil team, even if then people now know you're evil, especially if you haven't talked to a lot of the evil players. Yeah, yeah, you can just kind of just convince someone that you would like a certain player to be nominated, and then 
they'll probably realize pretty quick that you're evil, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, I want to always point out with this though, as an evil judge, if you have been talking to the evil or if you're, you know, if you're going to talk to the evil, make sure you understand there are a lot of evil players that are minions that can affect like nominations. So like your DA timing, your mastermind. Um, so in the context of BMR, make sure you understand what the team's goal is with it. Um, so you don't mess up their timing on something and cause an issue overall. Just, you know, be aware of the, your other fellow min the fellow minions on your evil team to really lock in that yeah. solid like strategy so that you're not forcing them to be protecting themselves and not the demon on the final day type of situation. If you can manage to be around on a day that is a mastermind day, uh, but isn't obviously a mastermind day, that's you can literally just win. <laughs> as a story, um, that, that's good. I think that's in my storyteller notes as something to be aware of when you're setting up a, yeah. a judge game. <laughs> and that's definitely something you can kind of coordinate with the with the good team is get get your demon executed, have an assassin kill at night so it's not obvious, and the players don't just exile you right away at the start of that day. Um, and then you pretty much can just win. <laughs> I think we should maybe talk about something which you uh, had brought up before the show we were talking about which is that just in terms of like when you're playing as the judge, sometimes the judge can lead to somewhat anticlimactic games or games that are like a little bit less fun to play in. And there are things you can do to mitigate that. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So are we talking about it more as a storyteller or just as a player in general, do you think? Uh, I think either way, either way you want to approach it. Um, I think as a player, I'll start with the as the player part of this is realize that even though you are the judge and you have this really great power, uh, remember that you are still part of the team playing the game. So whether you're the good judge and you have that solve, then maybe the majority of the town doesn't. Make sure that you're trying to work and get the town's buy-in and make sure people understand it. Um, and evil, same way, that goes back to the whole making sure you understand what your fellow minions are doing because sometimes you can mess up the plans or their timing. You are still part of the bigger team and it can lead to an unsatisfying thing game um one of the first times i was in a game with the judge we had a person who figured out who the demon was on day three of a large player game and went ahead and had someone nominated that demon and killed him good judge and nobody felt satisfied by that game because most people didn't even have that person as suspected so just making sure that you're part of the bigger team um, and remember that this is still a team game and we're all trying to have fun so kind of like work in and help people see why you're doing it so that they don't feel like, oh, I just sat there and watched you solve this game um, or fit one that win this game for the team without me doing anything or having any part of the input. So you are still a big part of the overall experience of the game. And to, and to be conscious of that, because again, these are the people you want to be playing with for long times. You're going to get less trust in the future as a traveler if you're going to go in and just like, break the game and not let anybody else have fun as well while we're playing so <laughs> yeah and i think the most important thing is just like if you think you have it figured out just let everyone know and then explain your reasoning and all that before you just go and execute that player because that will uh well for one thing it'll be probably strategically sound to let everyone know in case there's something small that you missed but in general just let everyone else kind of be in on the fun of figuring out the game all right, let's let's talk about it from a storytelling or perspective now. In particular, like when to bring the judge into the game. I don't think there's anything super complicated about it. One thing maybe is that like you might you should remember that when the judge pardons someone, it doesn't mean that nobody gets executed that day. It's just that 
that particular player can't be executed that day. You kind of treat it like they got zero votes. That's the only major mistake I see usually. I guess also maybe that the judge themselves can't uh, make nominations and then push them through. They can still make nominations. They just can't use their own ability on it. And they can't pardon themselves when they're being exiled. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's just because their ability doesn't work on exile votes in general, uh, including their <laughs> yes. own. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, and they, they, if they were somehow being executed, I suppose they could pardon themselves, but I'm not sure there's actually a way for that to happen. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like that'd be an odd, I, w- I don't know if I, as a town, why I would waste an execution on a person like an exile. <laughs> the big thing also, I, I, going back to what we were talking about before, um, when you're setting up the game as a storyteller and you know, you have a judge in it, making sure you understand what your minions are. And how easy it is going to be for them to talk. So like a small game with a mastermind and a traveler that's evil, they can coordinate real quick, really easily for a very unsatisfying win or even maybe a large one. So just making sure that you're aware how this is all going to play out. Make sure that you have a way of making sure it's still fun for everybody. So making sure the balance is there with it, with with your characters in there. Yeah, I think the the biggest consideration with like judge and mastermind is... How many tools does the evil team have to make it look like it's not a mastermind day? And then just also remembering, like, don't open up nominations right away uh, on that mastermind day. Make sure that the town has a chance to exile the judge first uh, if they believe it's a mastermind day. Balance is important, and that's a that's a good thing. That the night reminder is that town leaving town that ability to exile that individual if they need to if they think it's a mastermind day is critical. Like, don't let someone throw a nomination out there too fast that's going to stop town from being able to make their counter. So it's a very big part of this game. So just, you know, be aware of the balance and be aware of the skill level. A higher skill level geek group are going to understand when to do it. If you're looking at newer players with a couple very experienced travelers, that's where you got to look at that balance. You know, just making sure you know where your group is at. Uh, I will forever use uh, Ted's phrases, you know, know where your players are at and making sure that you're working at their level and bringing the game to their level. Um, so when you're doing your balance, be aware of that as well. Because I don't think a mastermind and a judge don't work well together. Actually, I think they could be a lot of fun. Just make sure that you're not helping them get that that play set up without them having to put the work in to do it. Yeah, it's. I, I don't think there's anything like wrong with putting them together. It's just something to be a little bit cautious with. Know where, know where your players are at, so... Um, and the other part about that is understanding as a storyteller, when you're allowing a judge in the game, what the personality of the person you're giving the judge to. We discussed super solvers a couple of times. Super solvers can be great with judge. Doesn't mean you shouldn't give it to them because they have the ability to solve the game. Make sure it's super solvers who are going to work with players. So like if you know the player tends to go off on solo missions in general and they're a super solver, maybe not offer judges to them. But if it's anyone else, Judges and super solvers are not scary long as they're conscious of the fact that it's still a team game. Um, so just, you know, know your players when you hand it to them and make sure that they understand the overall goals of the group. I think it's also worth keeping in mind that a uh, judge is one of the scariest travelers when they're added in, like in the middle part of the game for the good team. So very often if you add in a judge later on in the game, they're just going to get exiled right away. Uh, so that's something to just be aware of whether you think your group's going to do that or not. And honestly, I don't think it's a very particularly unreasonable reaction because the judge can, uh, if it's evil, it can they can just like swing the game so much. And if they're good, they might not have a large impact anyway. So 
I think it, I think that is also something worth keeping in mind is that it's something it's one that I prefer to put in like early in the game rather than later. I would much rather have the judge be a person who needs to travel away early because they're half like they can't play the full game than someone that showed up late to a party. Yeah, like it's just especially because yeah. a late judge who doesn't know fully everything going on can get manipulated very easily and not using their power effectively and cause more damage than good for the side that they're on because they don't fully know the full context of the game. So, yeah, I feel like there's other travelers. There's a lot of good travelers in the BMR edition suggested that, you know, late game ads could possibly be better set to given to one of them than the judge or, you know, know your group. If they, if the judge is warranted, just make sure that it's at a, with a group that can help get that person to speed quickly. And that person's going to, use some conscious thought before they just get excited to use their yeah. power. Because <laughs> let's be honest, we've all been excited to have their power. Like I'm, I've, I've watched every traveler get really excited when their power works out great, um, as it should, as they should. Uh, so just make sure that they, you know, can keep a little bit of a level head and not just be like, <laughs> I'm going to use it the first day. Because again, yep. exiling judges is going to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's probably about it for our discussion here. Yeah, I think so. I think we covered a lot of good information. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for being on as always, Kendra. Thank you for having me again. I hope that everyone enjoys playing with the judge and I look forward to seeing what you're going to do because this means you're at the end of BMR. I look forward to your next step and see what we get to do next. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Kendra. No problem. You have a wonderful night. And... I don't know if this. I don't know if this is at the end of the episode or not. So, uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. The second Bad Moon Rising traveler we'll be talking about today is the Voodon, whose ability reads: "Only you and the dead can vote. They don't need a vote token to do so. A 50% majority isn't required." Welcome back, everybody. Today we're talking. Uh, today, this part of the episode, <laughs> we're talking about Voodon. And joining me to talk about Voodon is Ben Finney. Hey, Ben. Hey there, Andrew. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Ben. It's always good to have you on the show. Thanks. Thanks. Glad to be back. Um, so, Voodon, I think this is the last uh, episode. I'm the last uh, character episode I'm recording for Bad Moon Rising. I won't hold you to that. You can you can shuffle them up in any order. That's true. That's true. It'll definitely be in the last episode though, because I think the others are out already. So, well, to give to give our listeners a bit of a view behind the scenes. I, uh, I asked for a correction to the wiki on the Voodon article uh, shortly before this episode, and it was made. So you will actually be able to see, based on the, the wiki changelog, when we recorded this episode and then how long it took for Andrew <laughs> to, re- to release the episode. Very nice. I like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> holding me accountable here to my uh, more sporadic schedule these days. Voodon, I think, since this is coming out after the, uh, like, the matron and the bishop episodes. This is one of those characters that just like really changes the way the game is played. I love love the, the characters that just say something fairly simple, and you once you realize the implications, you say, "Oh, we're playing a different game now." Yeah, it's it's somewhat polarizing for that reason as well. Yes. So uh, you might you can go back and listen to some of the discussion about those other characters for like kind of ways you can socially deal with that with your players uh, and mechanically uh, for some who might not like it as much or for those um, whose first instinct is just to immediately exile the character. I'm sure we, we can touch on that as well here, but 
we have already touched on that a bit with those other characters if you want to go listen to that. But yeah, I think Voodoo's really interesting. They make it so that voting is just completely strange. <laughs> yes. And yet nomination is unchanged. I really like that that the the nomination you don't need to say anything new, and yet nomination means something quite different now. It's really cool. Yeah, it makes it so that the players who are nominating cannot vote other than the Voodoo themselves. Shall we shall we talk about some of those some of those little wrinkles, things that might trip um, trip people up about what the implications of the ability are. Yeah, that, that can be a good place to start. The uh, the wiki has a, has a very good um, very good summary of what's going on with the the Voodoo. Some things that you need to keep in mind are that everybody is um, everybody's attention is drawn to the fact that um, dead players can vote, and living players can't, except for the Voodoo. And it's easy to forget that there's also a change to what's required for an execution to pass. It's no longer yeah. you, uh, it's no longer that an execution fails if you get less than half of the people voting. It's simply whoever gets the most votes for an execution, they're going to be executed. So that's that's quite a that's actually an even even trickier change to get your head around sometimes. And it's easy to forget. So the, the storyteller needs to keep that in mind. The players need to keep that in mind. Yeah, and that's kind of the only way it can work early in the game. Yes. It makes it so that on the first day, uh, a Voodon is extremely powerful because they just have like unilateral control over who They've gets executed. They've got the one vote that's going to work, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is really fun. And usually, I, I think most players in that position will like listen to the others and what they want to do. And if they don't, they're probably getting exiled. So. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of exile, it's... It... It is, yeah, it's important to to keep it in mind, because travelers remember that travelers the, the part of the point of even having the concept of a traveler character type uh, is to allow people to join the game late or to leave the game early, and so you've got to got to keep in mind not only what this ability does but what the ability reverts to when the player isn't the player ability isn't active. So you, you could switch to having the Voodoo ability active, and then they might leave the game or get exiles, and then the ability's not active again. So there could be a, a number of different changes to how nomination and voting work throughout the game. So that can be a bit of a bit of a mind bend. So that's something. Yeah, to it's also it's be careful of. A tricky thing can be that you could start the day with some votes with the Voodoo active, then exile them. <laughs> yes. And then have to finish the day with normal votes. Yes. Uh, I believe at that point, at that point, the Voodoo's ability allowing for the uh, so that you don't need half the votes anymore that is no longer active. So any previous votes, I think I don't know. Maybe, actually, I'm not 100 so percent sure on this. According to the yeah, wiki, what, what, how does this work? <laughs> according to wiki, if if the Voodoo is is exiled while while a player is on the chopping block because of how the Voodoo ability was working. That player remains about to be executed. That doesn't change yeah. if the Voodoo's ability stops working. But then voting works as normal from that point yeah, on. Yeah, so it'll it'll probably be easy to get them off of the chopping block. That's right. It needs to be compared to the number of votes from the previous ones. But if that doesn't happen, it's still the one that was on the, the chopping block is still the one that's about to be executed. Until that and changes. that's consistent with um, the way other things work, like if a... If a witch, for instance, reduces the number of votes needed to ex uh, execute somebody and somebody else has already gotten that lower number of votes, like when someone dies during the day, that person doesn't retroactively become about to be executed just because they got enough votes before. It's always you evaluate if someone's about to be executed uh, on the chopping block, so to speak. And then if they are, they're going to stay there until somebody else gets put on. 
or if they're not, uh, then they aren't going to be put on retroactively. So it works consistently with those. So I think those are the main things that are, that are easy to overlook or easy to forget yeah. in the heat of a game. I guess the only other one is that um, the Voodons, the, the, whether a player can vote or not, depends on whether they are dead according to the Voodons' ability. So, for example, a Zomble who's been killed one time um, will appear dead to the Voodons' ability, and so can yeah. vote. Um, so let's talk about some of playing as the Voodon, things you can be looking to do. Obviously, yes. no matter which team you're on, you're just going to be quite powerful early on in the game because you have all that voting power. Even as there are a few people who have died, you're still going to be a large portion of the vote. Later on, that sort of flips, though. So later on in the game, there are a lot of dead players, and you end up with more people who can vote than normally could at that point in the game, which is kind of interesting. I feel like that's often good for you if you are a good Voodon, because most of the dead players are good, typically, um, just because most of the players are good. <laughs> yes, and it's, it's fairly easy... Yeah, it's easy for people to see that that's going to be the case, that uh, it, people who've ha had uh, even just a few games can see that most of the players who die are going to be good players, and so they're going to want to be, uh, they're going to want to, to work with a good Voodon, and they're going to want to, the, the Voodon is going to want to convince people to work with them um, as a good player. So, yeah, this is this is a, one of the, one of the strange dilemmas of, of um, travellers. If you, if you um, join the game as a traveller, or if you're the storyteller trying to introduce um, a traveler character, often the traveler has a hard time convincing people to trust them because people don't people know what what people know what your strong ability is, but they don't know whether you're using it for good or for evil. And so some people just react to that by saying, "Ah, get rid of this ability. I don't understand how to deal with it." But with the Voodon, I think that it can be fairly easy or fairly straightforward at least, to talk to people and say, look, this is going to be really helpful. This is going to swing the balance of power in a very different direction. Work with me and, and we, can, um, we, can make the, we can make this work for the good And team. I think the important thing is that the ability sort of inherently helps the good team, at least late in the game. So even if you are evil, you can sort of convince people by saying, look, even if I'm evil, there's still more good votes available than evil votes. So... I think that it. I think that it's even more obvious that it helps the good team early in the game because often the players who die are going to be good early in the game, unless unless the evil team starts. That's to, true. Yeah. You know, starts to start sacrificing. It can their take own. some time to Still, get most of the people get those evil players executed. So then most of the votes will be from the good team, and uh, a good Voodoo will will work. Yeah. So that. I think as a good Voodoo, it's very straightforward. Just like what you want to do. You want to, like, your ability is really helping your team both from your own ability to nominate and vote and from the fact that most dead players are going to just be good in general. I think it's a lot trickier as an evil Voodon because early on you still are very happy to be nominating and being a large portion of the votes yourself um, as an evil player. But later on in the game, yes. I feel like there are often there are often times when you might just want to lose your ability, where you might want to be exiled, depending on how many evil yeah. players are alive and along those lines. I think that the Voodoo, more than many other travelers, has a strong incentive, uh, or at least the, 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 the whole group has a strong incentive to confide in the Voodoo, who can become a kind of natural, a natural coordination point for everyone's suspicions of who's on what team. If the players have to keep track of, of uh, who's dead and which team they're on because um, of how this affects the voting power with the, with the Voodoo ability. And the Voodoo, as you say, might want to might want to actually say, look, it's time to exile me because 
now the balance of power is the wrong way around, and I, I don't want that. Let's uh, let's get me exiled so that the balance of power flips, and we can get we can get control of voting again. And that's true if they're on the good team and they think that a bunch of evil players have died. But of course, if you're the evil boot on, you can say that that what you think's happened in order to flip the control back to the evil team. Yeah, <laughs> and in that case, it can be quite tricky because if the players are thinking that there's a lot of evil players alive, you're going to have a hard time convincing them to exile you. <laughs> yeah, this is why I think it's it's very valuable for the Verdon to to use the obvious advantages to the to the group of their ability to get in lots of private conversations, to get in lots of conversations and say, well, I've got I've got a lot of power here. How do you want me to use my vote? What do you think I should be doing? Why do you think I should be doing that? It's a really natural way for people to say, okay, obviously I've got to try to convince the Vuitton, the Vuitton to uh, to do as I do as I'm asking and to spread the right message. I think by the time anyone's seriously talking about uh, getting a majority to exile the Vuitton, the Vuitton should already have had a bunch of conversations, and so even when dead should be in a position to uh, to, to still be a, a strong participant in the game. Yeah, it's definitely an ability that you're pretty happy to have. Um, like, you should just gain a lot of info as you play, if players are... If players are playing along. Yeah. And you can, as the storyteller, you can, of course, encourage that, um, just because that's, that's why they're here. They're here to play the game. Uh, just encourage players to think of it as, like, a, a special treat, this game. Like, a, just a special rules modification. Right, right. I think that's a general advice for for a lot of the travelers. The point of a traveler ability is that it's powerful and it's meant to, it's meant to have a big influence on the game, which can mean um, shifting the way everyone thinks about the game while that ability is active. So, yes, um, yeah, you just need to do a do a bit of work to say, okay, this ability's in play. It's going to change how everything works. Everyone everyone get engaged rather than say, don't like, get get out. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I think I think, and I said, think I said this on the Bishop episode as well. I think the big thing is just to say, "Hey, this is we're just changing the rules of the game, basically." <laughs> While also telling the players that as soon as you think that this ability needs to go away, it's up to you to to, to yeah. do that. And so it, it it hands that responsibility to them. So I I also thought about the the evil Vudon. How much how much responsibility does the evil Vudon have to convince their demon to, to work with their demon because the demon is going to be uh, a very important complementary part of of the Vudon's power in that they they are likely the ones doing most of the uh, most of the unilateral killing yeah uh, basically the demons selecting for them who gets to vote <laughs> it can it can sort of change that you would want often you'd want to kill the good players who sort of have the best like the most trust in them and sort of the best read on the game as a result of that trust. Um, but with as an evil Voodon, you might want the players who die to be the ones who you think have the, sort of the least handle on who's actually um, evil, which is a very right, interesting, right. So, interesting so, change. So sort of um, bluff that that's what you've done or something. Well, just like if, if you think you have, so you've talked to a lot of players, you've got a sense of which ones actually are onto the trail of your demon. Often those those players who are onto the trail of your demon are are doing well like that because lots of players trust them, lots of players have confided in them, and they've been able to put together right. the info. And normally that would make them a big target. So you leave you. them alive so they can't vote. Yeah. Normally that would make them a big target because they're a trusted player who you want to keep alive, or who you don't want to be alive at the end. 
but as Vudon, if you if they you can stop them from voting just by keeping them alive. So <laughs> killing killing the players who you think are are confused and have the wrong idea of who's in the demon, I think is I think can be right. the way to go. Give them more voting power. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, there's also the aspect that uh, I think the Voodoo, more than many other travelers, has a strong incentive and probably even a strong capacity to um, fool the evil team that they are on the evil side. So if you're a good Voodoo, then you might you might want to work hard at trying to trick the evil team that you're on the evil team side. Why, why do you think that the uh, Voodoo is better at that than other travelers? Simply because of the fact that um, that so much attention is on them. So uh, I like, but it's going to it's going to tend to be that most people are talking with the uh, talking with the Voodoo player, and in my experience that that kind of um, coordination role tends to mean that people trust the Voodoo player more because a lot of their information is coming through the Voodoo. That makes sense. So that can. Yeah, and so that can um, that can give the give the Voodoo um, a, a strong incentive to try to pretend to be on the evil team to, to help the good team if they're if they're the good Voodoo. Of course, that requires that you that you make a good that you have a good response to okay, who did you see as the team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is always the always the trick when you're a, when you're a good traveler. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think there's a there's a good potential there. I'm not sure I have too much else to say about playing as the Voodoo. I think it's sort of the power of the Voodoo is fairly obvious because you have a lot of voting power. Yeah, I, th- I think we we covered the nuance of that is in that the power of it tends to accumulate through the game every day, and by the time you're exiled, you still need to be using what you've gained during the game, even when your ability stops. I think that's a that's a wrinkle to keep in mind. But we've covered that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure I have too much more to say about playing as it. In terms of, like, as the storyteller, when would you want to put this in? I think that's an interesting consideration. It's It fits well in Bad Moon Rising because there are reasons, for instance, for uh, evil players to be dead. So they can, if you if you don't want to swing the balance of the game too much, you can put in something like a good Voodoo when you have, say, a Zomble who's, been, who's killed themselves and, like, an, a dead evil player from being executed, um, something like that. In Bad Moon Rising, it really fits so well because you've got the Zomble, who, as we said, um, if their if their you appear to be dead ability has triggered, that's going to work with the the Voodoo ability. You've also got the Professor and the Shabaloth, who can suddenly um, bring a player back to life, which is going to going to really cross over with with the Voodoo ability as well. It's a great fit for for Bad Moon Rising. Yes, I think that I think that there's a when players join late or when they decide that they're going to have to leave early and announce that. And so the storyteller chooses a traveler character for them. That's, a, that's an important decision of uh, when that player is going to be around. If the, if the player knows that they're going to leave early, then you're making a choice that the Voodoo's power is going to um, suppress a lot of voting power early in the game and concentrate it only in a few players' hands. And then as the game progresses, the Voodoo is then going to go away and suddenly voting power will again be concentrated in only a few players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's an interesting choice. And then you've got the reverse if, if you've got a player who joins late. If you've got uh, a game where several people have died already and they uh, they only have their, their one vote token left because they're dead, if you then introduce a Voodoo, suddenly those players are uh, have their voting power back and everyone else doesn't. And 
then the uh, the game proceeds from there. It's a it's a quite an impactful choice. I think you can sort of read the group in terms of which of those they'd prefer. Like, I think there are definitely some groups that are going to yes, really like the so. the limited voting power and very like large swingy kind of decisions being made by the few players who have the voting power. And then there are going to be a lot of groups, I think, that also will be quite happy to have a Voodon join mid-game, and those dead players will feel quite good about that, getting their voting power back. Yeah, I think it can be an interesting, maybe a conversation with the group, or maybe maybe even just what the storyteller already knows about the group. How are they likely to react to a traveler of this power entering the game and then leaving the game? Uh, is that going to be a good experience for everyone? Have have you already discussed it with them? Yeah, it's a consideration for something of this much power. I think it's also um, worth noting that because Voodon makes it so that no longer like a voting, there's no sort of majority to to beat. You don't need half the living players and votes. The Voodon results in yeah, every execution is can potentially uh, result in, in an, yeah. an execution. If it, it makes votes. it a lot easier yeah. to get the execution sort of going. Um, so I feel like Voodon's a nice one to add if your group is sort of hesitant to to vote, because all it takes right. now is one player who decides to vote on something. You've got the that one player, and then and then shortly afterward, only a few players. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I think I think it tends to like that. allow the group to execute more often. Now in Bad Moon Rising, that's not really a problem very often, because players will just execute dead bodies when they don't have any other better choices. Um, but I think it makes it an interesting traveler to introduce in other contexts as well, outside of Bad Moon Rising, just to sort of facilitate more executions happening. Yes, yes, yes. Ugh. I do, I do like this character a lot. It's, um, I think that once you've seen the Voodon in action, um, it becomes a lot more appealing to to play as a traveler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From what I've seen. Yeah. Um. So cool. I feel like that just about covers it for our discussion of the Voodon. It's another one of those characters that just completely changes the way the game's played, but is fairly straightforward itself. So, yeah, thanks for being on, Ben. I enjoyed I enjoyed looking at the uh, at the Voodon, and of course in the in the almanac, it's it's right next to the bishop, where, <laughs> yeah. um, which changes changes it by saying no one can nominate except for the storyteller, and I think they're they're, they're nice, nicely complimentary. It's good. <laughs> I'm not sure that you I want to have a, a fun time. Put in a Voodon and a bishop. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I'd want that much fun. <laughs> no, thanks. Thanks, Andrew. Um, yes, the, the Voodon is a, is a great character. I, I really encourage people to um, to just join a, join a Blood on the Clock Tower game uh, and use the use the wonderful ability of travelers and uh, pick the Voodon if you get the chance. It's great fun. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you later, Ben. Thanks, Andrew. See you, everyone.